0: Thank you for listening to Sermons by Chaplain Braswell. This ministry desires to help people know and live for Christ through the preaching of God's Word. And now, today's message. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm excited about uh, sharing with you this morning. If you have a Bible, I hope that you do. I invite you to turn to Romans chapter 8, which is where our devotion will come from today. As I was uh, getting ready to, to prepare, it was, it was when, uh, when, when you guys, when y'all started uh, PWC way back, I told Cheryl, um, I, love to, I love to preach, I'm the senior pastor for Schofield Community Chapel at the 9 o'clock service here, and I said, you know, uh, you, no, you, don't, you don't have to have me come speak, but I'd love to come speak, and you know what she told me, she said, now you know, like, we're going through a study, you can't just come over here and preach whatever you want, you got to stick with the theme, and I said, okay, I can. I can stick with, you know how, I know y'all can't imagine Cheryl talking to me like that, but she did. And I said, yeah, I can, I can do the theme. And so she shared with me what, what y'all were uh, looking at with the K. Arthur study and suffering. And as I was looking at that, I looked at Romans chapter 8, and I think it'll have a word uh, for us today that I think will be a blessing, and I, I hope uh, that it is. that how, how, do we, how do we serve God? How do we live out our faith in difficult circumstances? Let me share a little bit with you about what's going on in Romans chapter 8, and then I'm going to share three thoughts out of this passage that I hope will be a blessing to us this morning. Romans 8 is all about life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit, as you've gone through your uh, Bible studies, uh, you, you might uh, one of the techniques they teach you is, uh, is to underline certain words that come up time and time again, or circle certain words. I know that's part of what your Bible study is about. If you go through Romans chapter 8, and if you could see how my Bible is... Since I've been studying Romans chapter 8, man, I circled every time it had the word flesh. I underlined every time it had the word spirit because what Paul is doing is he's trying to encourage believers, hey, you no longer have to live in the flesh. You you walk by the spirit. He's going to say that over and over again. He starts the chapter in in verse 1 by simply saying there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ I can't think of a better message uh, as we talk about the suffering or our circumstances that nothing changes the fact that each one of you in this room are beloved of God each one of you in this room there's no condemnation because Christ suffered for us even though while we were sinners the Bible says uh, Christ died for us so as we think about that as our backdrop let's look at look at three sections of this of this passage and uh, look at this devotion. let's title it this How to handle difficult struggles. How to handle difficult struggles. There's three areas I think we see in this passage that Paul points out of of areas where we can struggle. And I'm going to share them with you right here from the beginning. Number one is fear. Number two is different types of suffering. And then number three is moments of weakness. We're going to look at fear, we're going to look at suffering and we're going to look at weakness. So in Romans chapter 8, look at verse 12, and I'll read it to you. Here's what Paul says. So then, brothers and sisters, we know that, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not, watch this, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into, there it is, fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. One of the difficult struggles that we come across in life sometimes is is we'll let fear grip us. How many of us have had a challenge in life, whether it be a a new season of life, a new PCS, a new child, a new whatever, something we don't know the future, and what's the first thing that wants to take hold in your life? Fear. He says in this passage that because of who you are in Christ, because you're a child of God, you and I, we don't have to live in that fear. So instead of living a life of fear, We live according to what our identity is. We live as God's child. So instead of fear, I would say this, live as who you are, which is a child of God, as a Christian. He uses this language of, okay, no spirit of slavery, no fear, but what instead? You've received the spirit of adoption as sons. Some of you may know that Cheryl and I, uh, we uh, 10 years ago, I think this year actually, adopted a sibling group biological four biological siblings and that was ten years ago. When you go to a judge, and that's kind of how it works, you go before a judge, and we did that very same thing. We went through all this process and then finally the day came. We're in Aiken County, South Carolina, we went before a judge. And he says things like this. He says, you do understand you're taking these kids to take care of them. Yes, we do. You do understand you can't give them back to us. That is the, the, the state of South Carolina. So we can't do it and then three weeks later go, oh, I'm tired of this. The state of South Carolina is going to go, no, 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 they're yours now. You know. Now we're to the point we're just praying them all off you know, so they go off on their own as adults and all that kind of thing. And that's its own blessing to see happen as well. But check this out. We, if you came to our house, you would see a birth certificate for four people or three people, because I think the oldest has her own. But at the end of the day, if you look at that birth certificate, you know what it's going to say? It's going to say Lexi Rains Braswell, our last name, Michael Thomas Braswell. When they were adopted, as far as the law was concerned, they get a new name. You may not know this. They get a new social security number. It's all new, and it is as if they were always ours. Now, it still has their place of birth, which Cheryl and I were nowhere near when that birth took place. However, on the legal side of the house, guess what? They are children of ours. Let me say this. When you and I become Christians, guess what happens? The exact same thing, but on a much grander scale. Before we were saved, we were, the Bible says, enemies of God. But because God has saved us, because we become his children, legally we are his child. And just like nobody can do anything about the fact that there are children nothing can change that on an even grander scale nothing can change the fact that you and I are God's child when that fear creeps in guess what you and I can rest assured that we still can live in our own identity as God's child so I encourage you this morning don't let fear creep in that's one of those difficult things to run into remember who you are number two well that's fear what about suffering let's look at verse 18 number two suffering Look at what Paul says. He puts it in perspective. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Paul puts it in perspective. Look at verse 19. He says, Creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, watch this, in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. He says, we know the whole creation has been groaning under together in the pains of childbirth. Verse 23, not only the creation, we ourselves who have firstfruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly, look at this, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. In this hope, we are saved. He's talking about Paul was going through some great suffering, and what he says simply is that as as he goes through the suffering, the way he gets through that suffering and the way he handles that difficult circumstance is that he waits in patient hope. He makes this comparison. If you go back and look at verse 18, he says, The suffering I'm going through now, no comparison to what God has in store for me. He talks about creation itself, waiting for the return of Christ is what what he means there. This takes patience. I would challenge you, I've heard it said in the past, don't pray for patience. Uh, I struggle with that a little bit because there's another place in Scripture that talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace, and patience. So I can't, as a pastor of the gospel, tell you don't pray for something that God says you ought to have, right? But here's the thing, guess how we grow in our hope and our patience sometimes? It's going to happen sometimes through suffering. It's going to happen sometimes through suffering. But if we can grasp the concept of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, it is amazing how God can change our perspective. Before I came in the in the army, big shocker, I was I was a pastor. I did pastoral ministry, that's kind of what I've done. And There was a lady her name was Miss Turner and she she was she was one of these ladies I had the unique opportunity to serve in a church that I grew up in so she was old when I was a baby you know you understand what I'm saying like in my mind she was old then she wasn't that old then but I thought she was ancient you know as she taught my Sunday school class as a little boy she it was it was the classic like she probably changed my diapers and then I'm a pastor going and visiting her but by this point by anybody's standard she was elderly upper 90s and i watched her like like many people in their 90s they they've lived a great life but as all lives do hers began to come to an end and she suffered greatly she 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 had a she had a disease that that took a long time she suffered physically and i saw her more than one time in her house and i saw her more than one time in the hospital and the last time I ever talked to her on this earth, and I believe I'll talk to her again one day, but the last time I, I personally ever talked to her on earth, she was in the hospital and it was only, I didn't know at the time, she was about a week before she died and she was talking and, and, and we were sharing about her life and she was talking about how good God's been to her and her husband and uh, she had two great husbands, one passed away and she got married again and they they, they were married 25 years or something like that and had all these children, and the last thing she ever said to me was this. She said, well, preacher, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And the power of it, you had to be there. Because when she said it, she said it the way you and I would say, maybe one of you would say, well, if I don't see you at PWC, I'll see you at church next week. She said it with that kind of confidence. I, I think that's what Paul's getting at here. I hope and I pray that as we deal with our sufferings and our challenges that somehow we can understand who we are in Christ and that we understand that God is going to take care of you God is going to take care of me and the sufferings that we're going through in no way negate the fact that God has you in the palm of his hand we simply wait in patient hope because God's going to take care of us number three We deal with fear sometimes. We deal with suffering sometimes. But number three is just plain old fashioned, I'm going to call it weakness. Use Paul's word. Uh, Those moments where, how many, where's my, raise your hand if you're a self identified fixer. Who's a fixer? Oh, yeah, I got a room full of fixers. Oh God bless you! I'm a fixer. I, my my greatest strength and my greatest weakness is I think I could do anything. You know, some of y'all can identify with that. Well, Paul talks about that, this weakness, and it doesn't matter you whether you raised your hand or not. All of us at some point come to a point in our life when we have to admit, you know what? There's nothing I can do. I can't negotiate my way out of this. I can't fix this problem. This person that I care about deeply. What I call, what a, what a chaplain shared with me, he called frustrated love. When you, Somebody you care about is just not, if you oh, if you just listen to me, I'm so smart. Just do what I'm saying. Yeah, I know none of y'all ever have children that do that, but sometimes sometimes children will do that, or, or siblings, or parents, um, those kind of things. But there's going to come point where we're going to feel very weak. Well, let's see what God has to say about that. Look at verse 26. He's talked about fear. He's talked about suffering. Look at this, verse 26. Likewise, he says, the Spirit helps us in our, there it is, weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought. You ever been there? Well, let's pray. I don't even know what to say. He says, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts, that's God, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God and then verse 28 probably one of the most well-known verses in the Bible we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose some translations say we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those called according to his purpose notice very carefully here in that passage it does not say in any way that all things are good does it that's not what it says because if it did the Bible inspired and the Bible speaks truth. This is truth. It's not that all things are good. We have things happen in our life that are terrible. And it's okay to admit that. You can, you can cry out to God and say, God, this is bad. God's going to say, I know. But he does say in this passage that in some way, in the big picture, all things will work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, in our weakness, God is taking care of us. One pastor, his name was John Murray, he put, it this, he put it this way. He said, Christ is your intercessor in the courtroom of heaven. But he said, the Holy Spirit is the intercessor in the theater of our hearts. In other words, when we come to those moments in our life, and you've probably been there, in fact, as we've been talking about this this morning, if you're like me, I, little things pop to mind where I can say, you know, those are time times in my life I felt weakness. Maybe even right now you may be going through something and you may think, yeah, I feel very weak right now. What Paul is saying is that the Holy Spirit reminds you and me that God is working in our lives. I believe the Bible's clear that God is always at work. Like the song says, even when I don't see it, the waymaker maker says, even when I don't see it, what? You're working. Even when I don't feel it, that's what's going on here. I don't, I don't feel like things are in control. God... Is still working God has us in our fear God has us in our suffering God has us in our weakness and it talks about what God's done for us in our salvation look at verse 29 it simply says those he foreknew he predestined to become conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers the one he, verse 30 those he predestined he called those he called he justified those he justified he glorified Paul's just using a summary statement to say, it is God who has done a work in your life. It is God who has saved you. And then Paul gives the so what of how we deal with our weakness. Look at verse 31. What do we say to these things? He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And then just in case we were wondering, he answers the question in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What circumstance could separate you from the love of Christ? What person could separate you from the love of Christ? Look at what he says. Verse 35, shall tribulation? Answer being no. Distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness, danger, or sword? He says, for your sake we're being killed all day long, regarded as a sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then he closes, I am sure that neither death nor life angels nor rulers, things present, things to come, powers, not height nor depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In our weakness, what we remember, as we talk about, and for the several weeks I know you all have been talking about dealing with difficult circumstances, we remember that God is taking care of us, that God loves you, and that circumstances are going to change, How we feel sometimes going to change but who God is and his plan is not going to change whether we're fearful whether we're suffering or whether we're just throwing our hands up in weakness going I got nothing else sometimes that's when we know God's going to work because then we simply turn to him and we feel his presence and we know that he takes care of us I'd like to pray for for you for your uh, group and your ladies this morning Heavenly Father I thank you that we are beloved because of the beloved one Jesus Christ I thank you for your spirit that intercedes on our behalf and I pray for for the for these ladies I pray for their families and their children I pray as they go through struggles as we all do I pray that we'd remember we're your children that you take care of us and that you love us God I pray for anyone here who is in the middle of one of these difficult circumstances I pray that your holy spirit would work in their hearts i pray that they would know that you're with them i pray that they as as sisters could love each other could be a support and a blessing to each other i pray for their families i pray for their children bless them and we pray all this in jesus name amen